Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. I'm interviewing someone with whom I have been chatting for about a couple of years. Uh, he uh, is ahead of me, but he's in the uh, same journey. Uh, his name is Rodney Miller. He's a full-time entrepreneur and real estate investor. He owns and operates a chain of medical clinics in the Oklahoma City metro. And he's not a doctor. He's also the CEO of MIG Properties, uh, a real estate investment firm located in Oklahoma City. Um, Rodney began his real estate career in 2002 with the uh, franchisee of HomeVister, a national, you know, uh, franchise based out of Dallas, Texas. Welcome, Rodney Miller, to Wealth Matters Podcast. How are you, Rodney? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We have been chatting about this for a while. Yes, where are you? Have. Where are you today? Uh, hometown or traveling? No, I got back last night from Indianapolis. I am back in Oklahoma City. Oh, awesome! And we'll talk about that as well on the podcast. So, what's your main job or business? What do you do? So, uh, I have been self-employed since 1994. I'm 54, and so when I was 27, I I, had I like a- that. Yeah, I had a chance to buy some medical clinics. I'm not a doctor, but that's interesting. A, yeah, it is interesting. And we, I bought into a clinic in Oklahoma. I lived in Texas and I moved up to Oklahoma, and uh, kind of ran it for a year, and then moved back to Texas and drove up every week because I liked living in Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I got married after a while, and then she got tired of me leaving, so we just moved the family up here. And I see. So, where in Texas? Uh, I grew up in Dallas and Houston. Oh, okay. Okay. Both. Yeah. I kind of moved back and forth my whole Not life. Not too far from OKC. Yeah. Yeah. Three hour drive from Dallas right. to OKC. And so I got family there and we go back a lot and we'll probably wind up back there when the kids get out of school. Right. But, uh, we, I moved, I moved up here to Oklahoma city. I told my wife, I was like, we'll do it on a five year plan. We'll, <laughs> here, we'll buy some rent houses, we'll build a clinic up and sell it. And then we'll move back to Dallas. <laughs> That was 15 years ago. <laughs> I was going to ask how long has that been? <laughs> yeah, the plan didn't go, you know, it didn't go right. But we, yeah. we still, we're going to get there. It might be 20 years. Yeah. So I, was yeah. 15, I was 15 years off. You know, as long as it's working out for you, it doesn't matter, right? Nah, we, we like it here. So that, we that's the, a lot of good friends. And school, school. Right? The kids are dug in here. So we'll just let them get out of school and we'll maybe move back. So. so what inspired you to become an entrepreneur or business owner or what made you decide that I want to be self-employed or I want to buy this clinic? Because I was a terrible employee from the start. <laughs> you know, I started working when I was 12 wow. for, other, for other people. You know, I started washing dishes for $1.65 an hour That's awesome. and did stuff like that and sacked groceries and did all kinds of weird jobs. But you know, we always, my, you know, I wasn't really great at sports, so I just went and started working because I wanted to make money. And, and yeah. Anyway, I, I went to college and got my, my degree and got a business degree and then went to work for an insurance company and just couldn't stand it. I was there for about four to five years. <laughs> and I sat in a cubicle all day and took complaints from people and had to wear a tie. <laughs> you know how it is. And, I, you know, you would, I, would, I would work two hours late, but if I came in 15 minutes 
late, you know, on, on a, you know, the next morning they would get on my butt. Right. right. Like that corporate yeah. yeah. If someone asked me to wear a jacket and a tie, I'm resigning for sure. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> enough just to turn me on right there. So, so I did that, but I was always looking for my out. I was always looking for my way to get out. And I didn't have a, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was always looking for opportunity, always looking for something. And so these chiropractors used to take me to lunch, you know, cause I used to handle their claims and they always, they, they seem to make a lot of money. They wore suits and they drove Mercedes and they, you know, they would wine and dine me so they could get more business from me. And right. So I decided I wanted to be a chiropractor and I looked into school and it's going to be like a lot more school and cost a lot of money. So, yes. And it's going to take a lot of time too. <laughs> yeah. And so I did the next best thing. I found a guy getting out of chiropractic school and I just said, let's partner up. I know the business part and you're a chiropractor. And he had never owned anything or never worked for anybody. And so just young and dumb, two young and dumb guys. And we just said, let's do it. And when he agreed to it, I just, took, I wrote up my, my, uh, two weeks notice and turned it in and said, I'm done. That's and, amazing, man. So, yeah, so, there, so you yeah. are an action taker pretty much, right? And, and you, you could see the opportunity that, okay, someone is getting out of the school. Uh, you know, they don't know what to do other than, you know, working for someone else. So, you, you, you know, you, Look, you sense that opportunity and jumped right in. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was just stupid. I didn't know any better. So I just <laughs> went for it. You know, so we we decided we were going to start our own clinic. And, I, you know, we had about 20000 bucks between us. And uh, we were just too dumb to know any, that we didn't have enough money to start a clinic. And so my partner couldn't get his license in uh, Texas. He kept flunking the boards and so i was like where can you get your license he said well oklahoma is easy and i was like well go for it let's go he got his license in oklahoma so we packed up a car and just drove to oklahoma and bought a little apartment we shared the apartment shared a car and worked on starting our clinic and then we found out it wasn't that easy and so we started spending our twenty thousand we we're gonna put down on, <laughs> on our business and we almost ran out of money and started freaking out i started thinking i was gonna have to find another job and then this is kind of where opportunity meets. Sometimes you got to go for it and sometimes you get lucky, but we found out that this guy was going to sell his practice. He's an older guy and he was going to retire. And so we went and talked to him and he wanted a couple hundred thousand for it. We didn't have that, of course, but we talked right. him into financing it with 10, 20,000 down. So we had to go out and find some more money, but he financed it for us over 10 years with 20,000 down. We got into the practice. Uh, two years later, I, I, I uh, bought my partner out and just hired a chiropractor and uh, it was a chiropractic clinic. And then um, fast forward to today, we've got two medical doctors on staff, three, two chiropractors. And, you know, we had a staff of 30 and then we just, we kind of willed it down, but we're, we're trying to build a chain of clinics here in Oklahoma city um, more uh, driven by the medical doctors. So, um, so started off really small and we just kept growing and kept growing it and it kept getting better and better. And, uh, that's kind of where I'm at today. That is very interesting. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting story. Someone, cause when you mentioned about medical cleaning, I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, I was like, what do you do? I own medical clinics. And they're like, Oh, Hey, thank you. Know, how, how's the medical business doctor? I'm like, I'm <laughs> not a doctor. And they look at me funny. So I'm, you rent the, the, the next thing is like, they're like, so you rent the building to the doctor? And I'm like, no, no, I own the clinic. The doctor works for me. You know, we pay him a salary and then we, 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 you know, 
work them as hard as we can to get profit out of them. That's interesting. And that's kind of how it works. So a lot of states won't allow you to do that. Oklahoma's kind of a corporate medicine state. Oh, you can, okay. you can own a practice here and not be a doctor. Oh, I yep. see. Yep. It was quirky little things. Yeah, all all the states are so different, especially, yep. you know, and I, I'm in California and it's even trickier and pretty stricter than other states. That's what I've heard. Yeah, Texas, Texas is the same way. They got a really strict uh, rule to get into the medical business. There's workarounds. You can always do like a, like a, um, you know, the doctor owns the practice, but you know, you do a med- management practice deal c- contract with it, or you suck all the profit out of it. So right. there are workarounds and I see people doing it, but it's just easier here in Oklahoma. So uh, let me change the track. So uh, it seems you are already doing good with your medical practice. Then how and why would you look into real estate, right? So what was your reasoning to move into real estate and what are you doing with real estate right now? Great, great question. So when I hit about 40 years old, I realized I had no retirement and I kind of freaked out. And so, um, you know, you could sell the business someday or whatever. Right. But, you know, I want to retire really nice. And so I just kind of had a little midlife crisis, I guess you'd call it. And, uh, my dad retired at 55. So I was like, damn, that's, that's right around the corner and I have nothing. You know? <laughs> and so I, I better figure something out. So, you know, I decided just to go into real estate. I decided to buy, buy houses, single family homes. And, um, so I, I, I wanted to learn it. I didn't know anything about houses or anything. So I joined the, uh, home investors franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're all over. Yep. <laughs> okay. So I was one of the first home investor guys here in Oklahoma. And uh, I bought it right when we moved up here and kind of learned the, the ins and outs of buying. They, they are the ones who have advertised we buy ugly houses or something. Yes, right? yeah. buys ugly houses. <laughs> exactly. And so I did that for a year and then that was too corporate for me. It was like a job, so I quit it. <laughs> yeah, franchising is different, even though it feels from outside that you are on your, your own boss, but that's not true. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. And so once again, the corporate world, you know, I just didn't like the corporate thing and, and having to check all those boxes. So <laughs> I had learned what I needed to learn. I gave it back to them. They were happy to take it back because I gave right. them a bunch of money when I bought it. So they just sold it to somebody else and then uh, just kind of did my own thing. I so I, sucker down the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's another sucker. And he bought it and now there's like a thousand of them. And so, yes. So anyway, I did that for several years. I got about a hundred rental properties um, here in Oklahoma city that are managed by my, the clinic manager here manages them and her husband retired from, oh, okay. he retired from the police force a couple of years ago. And so he's my outside guy. He manages so my rentals outside. It's perfect. Huh? Yeah. And then she handles all the leases and all that stuff. <laughs> Um, and so it's, it's been a pretty good deal. So I, and then a couple of years ago, I decided to look into multifamily and, uh, really got into multifamily. I've, I've, I've kind of been investing in that I'm kind of learning the multifamily business. I've been doing it two years, but I'm still learning a lot, but, uh, we just bought a hundred unit in prior Oklahoma and we are scouting deals right now in Indianapolis. So congrats on that. That's yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So can I ask you some questions about what uh, what were some of the uh, uh, on your real estate side? What were some of the highs and lows? If you can pick a deal or something which was really crazy, which made you a lot of money, or you know, it, maybe it was a great buy. And what were some of the low points? You know, in past 
10 years since you have started into real estate? Yeah, you know, on the single family home side, you know, I did the wholesaling thing for a while and I rehabbed houses and I wasn't very good at rehab and I never made the profit. I thought I was going to make it. <laughs> so I just did really good with buying and holding and I did a lot of uh, owner finance, you know, rent to own stuff. And we'd buy oh, it for, okay. yeah, we'd buy, you know, where I'm in Oklahoma, we'd buy a house for 30,000 and we'd put 10,000 into it and then we'd sell it for 80,000, 12% interest over. 10 years. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's a, yeah, pretty much you have done it all from wholesaling to rehabbing, flipping to owner financing. Yes. Yes. And yeah. you know, by far the easiest is just that, that model right there, buying low, um, fixing it up and then selling it right. retail. And then, you know, the, the returns are outstanding. And, and the, I guess the thing that makes it a home run is I do most of those out of my IRA. So oh wow, it's all taxed. Oh, so so it's it's Roth IRA, huh? So I yes. just want to remind my listeners as well that as Rodney mentioned, that you can acquire real estate in your IRA, and if you have Roth IRA, it's tax free. It's it's you know once you put money in, that's it. Then you just need to wait till fifty nine and a half, and then you can start taking the money out. Absolutely, all of that is tax free. That seemed really far off a while back, but I'm getting really close to 59. <laughs> so, and you're ready. I'm ready to take it. Give it to me. So, yeah, you know, one thing, I, I could tell you one thing that was kind of not, was kind of a uh, fail on my part is I started investing in private equity out of my Roth IRA. So I started investing in some of these apartment syndications um, out of my IRA. But after doing a few deals, you know, you ask these guys when they're raising capital all the time uh, about the IRA and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And you yes, ask, well, they always say yes. Tell me about okay. the UBIT tax and all that. Oh, I don't know. Talk to your CPA. Doctor, you yeah. know, I don't know. Yeah. Talk to your CPA. Oh. Well, you might, I found out that it's 37% UBIT tax when you're, when you're investing in uh, private equity with any debt attached to it. So that was a failure on my part by not doing enough due diligence. Wow. And so now I'm looking at it uh, self-directing the company 401k. So, so that's exactly what I do. Okay. Because I realized about self-directed IRA and of course you and I are business owners. So I just started my solo 401k a couple of years ago and that's what mostly I use to, you know, invest into the syndications. Yes. So you, just, you were smarter than me. I had to learn the hard way. And, yeah. and finally, I should ask the questions before I did it, but I don't Yeah, yeah. It's it. They always say yes. And then I started reading and I'm like, you, what is this UBIT? What is this UDFI? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm digging into it and I realized, oh, I'm able to do solo 401k. Why not? And even sure. solo has even more advantages. Like I can loan myself 50 grand, right? Up to 50 grand easily. Yes. Right. So there were other advantages too. So it wasn't, a, it, it was a no brainer. Isn't it funny though? Yes. These people and they're like, oh, I just talked to CPA or, oh, you bet. Yeah. yeah it's just nothing. Don't even worry about right. that. It's not, yeah. it's not going to be a big deal. It won't make a difference. And, and you look at it and you're like, uh, that is a big deal. And maybe, <laughs> maybe you should have told me that before yeah. I had my money in your deal, but nobody wants to talk about it. So, no. But uh, uh, yeah, so I can't do the four, solo 401k because I have employees. So right. I'm, if you have employees, you can't. Yep. I'm looking at self directing our company 401k, which yes. is a whole other animal. So I'm, I'm talking to people about that. I don't know if it'd be doable or not, but um, that's something I'm looking into now. Cool. That's awesome. So uh, can you provide us a, one golden nugget or a tool to about being an entrepreneur or business owner? Right? What golden nugget, or if you are using a tool and you love it, 
you know, you can mention that as well. Man, when you, when you want to do something, find other people that are doing it and hit your wagon to those guys and provide them some kind of value and, and, and find people that are doing what you want to do and, and, and go do that. Don't try to do it. Go it alone. I've, I've learned you can, you can just short, you can collapse the time frames if you'll just right. provide value to somebody that's already doing something you want to do. So many people want to read the books and try to do it on their own, but right. stuff like multifamily and commercial and stuff like that is something you really got to, you got to be part, you got to find people that are doing what you want to do and you got to align yourself with them. Um, that, that's what's gotten me the furthest. Cause I used to be, you know, with single family, you, you kind of operate in a, in a box. You kind of, yes. you know, you kind of do things on your own. You, you, you might go to those little single family get togethers or whatever, but it's not really a, a collaborative business. No, nope. in the multifamily, you know, you know, you really need partners and you need, you, you need to align yourself with other folks. And, uh, it makes that's, a big difference. That's a great advice, by the way. And it's so important that, you know, even when I started, I, I was thinking the same thing. You know, I got to do it on my own. I, got, I can learn all of this on my own. I, of course, made mistakes and lost money and then realized, you know, I can compress my timeline, as you said, by working with others who have already done it. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. They, these people have already done it. Why can't I leverage their expertise and, of course, provide value to them as well at the same time, right? That's the one way to uh, build relationship as well as, you know, you want to network with the right people. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So that's yeah, just, just, I got three partners in the multifamily and, and one guy is just, he likes to nerd out on numbers. I hate numbers. Yeah, and perfect. I could throw, I could throw him 10 deals a day and he will just love pouring, putting that stuff into spreadsheets and cranking it out. And I mean, that's just something I, I couldn't do myself. So that, that's one partnership. And that's so perfect, right? Because you, you guys have complementary skills now. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's so important. So yeah. what are you focused on right now? Because uh, uh, I heard you, you moved from single family to multifamily. So is that your core focus now? Yeah, yeah, it is my core focus. So I stopped buying single families because it's really gotten hard here. I don't know, yeah. I don't know what it's like there, but in Oklahoma, it's, everybody's doing it. It's crazy. I mean, everybody's doing apartments too, but I mean, it's just insane. I can't find deals. And, and, and once you not, see... Go ahead. Once it's you, hard to scale up, right? So It is. Once you see the scalability of multifamily, it just doesn't make sense to, to do those onesie, twosie deals anymore. I'll give you an example. The first deal was a $4 million 100 unit project in, in, in uh, prior Oklahoma. And uh, so we did that deal. Our next deal that we're about to make an offer on is, is a 335 unit. Oh, wow. It's a $19 million deal. We'll have to raise 5 million for that. And uh, the returns are just, and it'd be the same amount of work um, that we went through on that 100 unit deal. Right. We just have to get comfortable with the capital raise, but uh, everything, I mean, the lenders like it better because we got a better interest rate on it. Company management companies like it better. It's easier to manage. It's just a, right. it's easier to scale that. And so um, that's what I really love. And, you know, with, with professional property management, we can do a handful of those a year. Right. Um, it just all makes sense. Yeah. And so I, that's what I recommend my listeners to. I advise them that you want to diversify. I want to have single family as well in certain markets, but then in other market, I, I want to invest with syndicators or buy my own multifamily. 
because you cannot uh, go to every market, right? U.S. has like 20 great markets. So if I'm investing myself in Atlanta, I invest with someone else in Dallas or Vegas or somewhere else, right? So that yes. way, I'm also getting diversification not only by asset, but also by market. Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, it just, it just makes sense. It's, it's a scalability factor. And as you get older, time gets more valuable to you, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you want to do things faster and get, get your places faster. So it took me a while to figure it out. You know, I, I'm really jealous. I, you know, I go to some of these multifamily um, um, conventions and seminar or whatever. Twenty-something-year-olds yeah, yep. doing this, and I'm so jealous that I didn't do that when I was there. So tell, tell me about it. <laughs> well, they, they figured it out. They're I know. So I wish I wish I, I had done this earlier on. That's yeah. my only regret. I, I I'm I'm with you <laughs> on that. So uh, can you share your secret about how you research and pick your markets? Yeah, we're we're just looking for the growth markets we want. We want income growth. We want a rent growth. We want a diversified economy is a biggie. We don't want it, you know, we don't want anything that, that's relying on like a large military base or, or anything that could, could. Like anything one trick pony, how Houston used to be on oil and gas. Or <laughs> well, yeah. So we kind of have that here in Oklahoma City, you know, we're, yeah, we're that's true. oil and gas economy. And, and so um, when that gets soft, it can really, you, I mean, you could, you can do good deals here. You just gotta, you gotta know that when you underwrite, you gotta be super conservative. Yes. And we had, we had a lot of people from Dallas Fort Worth that were investing there and came up to Oklahoma city um, and got their ass handed to them because they, they were underwriting like they would a Dallas deal. Um, and it just didn't work. You can't, you can't, most properties right. you go into a C property and put three or 4,000 per unit into it and get a hundred dollar rent bump. You're not going to get it. And so they, found, you know, they found that out the hard way. So um, that's really it. Uh, th those are the basics. You know, we want, we want a growing economy and we want a good diverse uh, economy. We want to make sure that, that, that not one industry or one, one thing can, can soften the market. Thanks for sharing that. We'll take a quick break. Thank you. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot com. Uh, thank you for sharing about your, how you pick your markets. So which markets are you invested in personally and, or, and looking to invest as well and why? Well, so we, uh, my partners, we're spread out. I'm in Oklahoma City. I've got a partner in Dallas-Fort Worth Metro, and i got a partner in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Hmm. Um, and so we, we looked and looked and looked in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metro, and there's so much competition there. We, you know, we're still yes. making offers there, but we can't seem to make anything work. Every, so, every mom and pop, every multifamily investor wants to acquire in Dallas, you know, including oh, yeah. me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so um, I'm sure there are deals there. I see people getting deals, but we haven't been able to make anything work. Uh, my partner's actually closer to Fort Worth. But um, so we, we, we are looking in the, in the Oklahoma City, like the last deal we bought in Prior, Oklahoma, which is Prior, Oklahoma is a small town of 25,000. And it's about 30 minutes east of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. 
And the reason we like that property is because the Google data center was just, the Google went in there about 10 years ago and put a data center there. And they've just, uh, they've, they've committed to investing two and a half billion in this little town. And so they're building the infrastructure. They keep it, they keep, um, they keep growing their facilities there and they just double down on their, on their plans. So we like this little complex that's right next door to it. Everything in that town is hundred percent occupied. And, and uh, that does kind of, that does kind of uh, breach the rule of one industry, but we're pretty confident with this Google data center and all the pledges they've made over the next decade or so. So we're, we're pretty comfortable with, with, with the, the rents and, and, and getting that property, but we're looking at Tulsa, Oklahoma city. We are looking at Missouri. We're looking in, uh, one of our partners has a bunch of stuff in, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And so we kind of got some feelers out around there, but we just recently decided we we're going to look really hard at, uh, at Indianapolis. And so we just spent a few days there and met a couple of folks there, interviewed property management companies, um, met with brokers. And so we, we like that market and we're, we're taking a hard look. There. Can you tell me about which market you are looking in Missouri? Uh, Missouri, Kansas City. <clears throat> oh, okay. So they are pretty close by then. Pretty much, India and Kansas City are connected. Yes, because our property management can be handled both. Cities. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So yes. why why India and Kansas City? What? Uh, of course, I have interviewed the uh, some one of the guests on the podcast about indie market as well as Little Rock market. But can you refresh us on Kansas City and Missouri? Kansas City is my other partners. He lives close by it. He, he likes it because it's in his backyard. He's in Springfield, Missouri. Um, and it's, it's a good market. It's kind of, I would say it's kind of on par with Oklahoma City. You're going to, have to be really conservative there. It's not going to be okay. your high rent growth area. It's going to be more of a, a yield play kind of deal. Um, that's his focus. Uh, we haven't gotten a lot out of there. I don't know if stuff's not turning there a lot, but we put that on radar, but we were monitoring it. We have not got anything there. Indianapolis, we like. We just like the diverse economies. Very diverse. A lot of high tech stuff going on there. Uh, of course, you got the Indianapolis 500, which we stopped by yep. and watched those cars the other I day. I really want to go there. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were flying out uh, the the uh, airport, and the track is right by there yesterday. And so we just stopped by the track and watched those guys racing around there, getting ready for the the race this weekend. That was pretty cool. Oh, it's this weekend, huh? Yeah. yeah I really want to go there once over the race weekend. Just want to see the race as well as the, you know, enjoy the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so we're, we're just starting to take a close look at Indianapolis, but we like the diverse economy and the rent growth seems to be there. We just like, it, 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 there's not a ton of traffic there in terms of uh, buyers. So we, we like that. It just hasn't really, it's not a DFW market. That's for sure. So yeah, um, so there is no other market like DFW right now. In yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Oklahoma City, uh, my market. We're we're watching Oklahoma City and Tulsa. They're pretty similar markets, but um, we are really just having trouble finding anything that works right now. And and we have to be very conservative, just yeah. for the reason that the oil and gas market. We're we're one of those. Uh, what, what do you call um, Stephanie Freddie Mac? Uh, you got to get the second level of, of authority on a, on a loan. Oh. Uh, Houston, Texas has it, and we've right. got it. Yes, correct. Yeah, because yes. Of, uh, dependence on one, uh, you know, type of business, and it's one trick pony. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, we, we have to be really conservative when we're in the right deals here. So um, that's the only thing. And so a lot of deals don't work out for us. But 
Um, you know, you always like to get one in your backyard, you know, you can go drive yeah. by it and harass the property managers and all that. So, um, so that, that's basically where we're looking. Cool. Anything else you want to chat about, uh, Rodney? Man, not really. I read it. I just, I'm, I'm listening to a really good book you might like, Millionaire. Let's see, what's it called? Millionaire Next Door or Millionaire Real Estate Investor? Nope, neither one of those. It's called Millionaire Fast Lane. Oh, okay. I got to read that one. Yeah, get that one. It's, it's really good. And the guy just talks about you, you two, you know, your, your income sources, getting those up there, which it's hard to get with a W-2 job. But finding a good income source and then your wealth accelerator, which would be your investments and getting out of the, you know, the regular stock market and all and getting into high yield investments. Yep. They're, they're fairly safe. So it's a really, it's a really interesting read. It's the guy that, hey, I guess he, his big deal was uh, he, he figured out a way to uh, um, uh, book limousine service online. And so he, he took that and made a bunch of money with it and then started investing that money in That's other interesting. deals. Uh, de definitely, I will recommend also listeners to uh, take a look at that book, Millionaire Fastlane. Yeah, MJ DeMarco is the guy's name. Oh, it's, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good uh, listener read. So yeah, no, the and that's that's so important. What you just brought up from the book, right? Because even if you are a W two job, right, you got to look at having more than one income source. I, I yeah, I always think about having second, third, fourth. Uh, fifth actually income source, right? Because you want to have diversify. You want to diversify your investments as well as have enough income. Yeah, to support yeah. You. And I think it's a great book for young people that are that are in college, getting out of college, or just starting their careers. It's kind of on par with Rich Dad Poor Dad or Cash Flow Quadrant. Oh, wow. Just wow. tells you really think about your choices going forward and, and don't get in that slow lane W two. Mutual fund, right? <laughs> you know, I'll get to retire when I'm 70, and it'll be awesome. You know, yes. don't fall into that. Think, think outside of that box, and think how can you speed that up? How can you get in the fast lane, and, and what it takes to 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 think that way? So, it's it's a good mindset book for for. I would give it to any young person that was kind of looking for uh, their path forward in the future, maybe getting out of college or thinking about college or thinking about the alternatives to college, but but definitely something that young kids need to listen to. And, and oh, thank you for recommending the book. Absolutely. Uh, how can my listeners reach out to you? Um, they can call me 405-204-1715 or they can uh, email me Rodney at Trident, Rodney at Trident Multifamily. Rodney at Trident Multifamily.com. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. Rodney. Anybody that wants to talk. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. If you are on the fence about investing or have any questions about alternative investments, please reach out to me at alpesh at wealthmatters.com. It's A-L-P-E-S-H at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S.com. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.